If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Aerslia Slierion. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards over at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Episode 167 of Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Get a free book and directly support the stream by checking out Audible. They have thousands of books from every conceivable genre. You're definitely going to find something you like. Just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible and get your free book today. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You will be greeted by awesome, awesome people, people like Bravd. Uh, Snow Goes Ham is here, Vaxer, Kodiak Moonwolf, um, Dark Robot 78 Aerslia, um, <laughs> Firecrotch, that's a funny name, uh, Frosty Raven Man, uh, Harvey P27, Kid Curdy, Lexus 90B, Link31254, Marquito, Mikey B playing, Ostrich Owen Pudding, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Sorry, man. Super 80s, TF Wagner, and the Lurkers. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me while I record the show. I appreciate it. Um, there's lots of ways that you can get a hold of me. You can do so by emailing me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can uh, tweet at me at runjumpstomp. You can call and leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Um, make sure that your emails uh, and uh, voicemails are short so I can read them on the show. Uh, obviously, tweets have no choice but to be short. And um, you can also join the Discord by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And uh, once you get there, you're going to be greeted by awesome people in the Discord as well. We have a lot of fun conversations there, so make sure that you join up. If you have a Super Nintendo, first of all, I'm jealous because I really would love to have a Super Nintendo, whether it functions or not, sitting on the shelf behind me. Um, I would love to have one of each Nintendo console on the shelf behind me, but um, sadly, that's probably not going to happen. However, if you've got one and you look on the back, there's a phone number there. And that phone number, you would expect it was, well, the phone number was there for if there's a problem with your device, you could call and they would help you with it, which is pretty cool. And you would expect after this many years, I mean, gosh, I don't even know when the Super Nintendo came out. Let me pause recording and look it up real quick. So it was released in 1990 in Japan and in 1991 in North America. You would expect that after that much time, that that phone number would no longer work, but you would be wrong, which is really hilarious. So uh, this was posted to Twitter by at Nathan Olbert, and they said, my agent Super Nintendo went pop and died. So on a whim, I called the support number on the back just to see what would happen. A nice lady from Nintendo of America spent 10 minutes with me troubleshooting possible causes. 
on a nearly 30-year-old system. Uh, and that's really cool. Yeah, it shows Mario holding a screwdriver on the back uh, with like a little toolbox. That needs to be a Super Mario Odyssey uh, costume. Uh, and it says uh, installation, maintenance, or service. Nintendo World Class Service Center Hotline. I, I think it says Center Hotline. And then it's got the phone number there. Uh, so I find that just awesome that they're still supporting, like there's a woman there who sat there for 10 minutes talking to a guy with a nearly 30 year old console and tried to help him out. And I just think that's, that's really cool. Um, let's see, Marquito. Uh, yes, the SNES mini counts. No, the SNES mini on, on the shelf behind me does not count. I want an original OG, uh, Super Nintendo. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Kodiak Moonwolf in chat says, just shows how awesome Nintendo are. Uh, it's funny because I, I know Kodiak Moonwolf, uh, he is from England, and they pluralize corporations, whereas I'm from the U.S., and we uh, do not pluralize corporations, but it makes more sense to pluralize corporations, and this is completely beside the point. Uh, so that's why he says, just shows how awesome Nintendo are, where I would say just shows how awesome Nintendo is. And, you know, when I first started um, streaming on Twitch and uh, talking to people who were not in my direct area, uh, it was a, like I thought that they just had bad grammar. But no, it's because they're from a different country and they have different grammar rules. So um, I don't know why I decided to talk about that, but there you go. <laughs> So we've got a full list of the differences between Dark Souls and Dark Souls Remastered. If you did not know, uh, Dark Souls Remastered is a game which is coming to multiple consoles. It is also coming to the Switch, and it is going to be launching concurrently on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. So they're all coming out at the same time. It's, I think it's going to be a pretty good test uh, to see uh, who, like, which console is going to sell the most. Now, we have to remember that... Uh, before we get into those sales numbers, which we don't obviously have yet because it hasn't come out, um, but I'm going to make a prediction that the Nintendo Switch version will sell the most, and it's not... Well, let me explain why I think so. A lot of people who have a PS4 and Xbox One have probably already played Dark Souls, and because they've already played it, those people are less likely to buy it again. So even though there are more Xbox Ones and PS4s out in the wild... I think the Nintendo Switch version is going to sell the most, and it's mostly because people on Nintendo platforms, people who are hardcore Nintendo fans, they tend to have just the Nintendo consoles, and so they probably missed out on Dark Souls when it came to the PS3 and Xbox 360. And because of that, I think that those people are going to be uh, really excited for this Dark Souls game because they've never played it. Uh, so uh, that is my uh, guess. Now let's talk about what's going to be different between the um, the old version of the game and the new version of the game. So uh, for the graphics, it says here on Switch, it's going to have 1080p resolution at 30 frames per second when docked to the TV and 720p 30 in handheld mode, which is great. Those are max resolutions at those two things. I, the <clears throat> Pardon me. The Switch does not do uh, 4K. 
So because it doesn't do the 4K, 1080p is obviously the highest it's going to get. And the screen in the Switch is 720p, so obviously maximum there. Um, then in the online multiplayer, it says the maximum number of players online has been increased from four to six. So that's actually kind of cool. Uh, the original game only had four players. Now you can have up to six. I didn't even really know. I've never played Dark Souls. I played Dark Souls 3 just a little tiny bit, enough to find out that I suck at it. Uh, so I didn't really play it much after that. Um, but I didn't know that it had like online stuff. That's kind of cool. Uh, then it says the dried finger item will be needed to play with six players. I don't know what that means, but that's weird. Uh, dried finger has been moved to the painted world of Ariamis level to undead Berg merchant. Okay, that's that's too much uh, detail there. I don't care about that. Uh, it says password matchmaking is now available similar to Dark Souls 3. So when a player is summoned in patch password matchmaking... Uh, the player will be level. The player level will be synced. I think this is great because it allows people who play a game like this a lot, who are really high level, to play with their friends who maybe didn't pick up the game right at first, and uh, they can drop down and hang out with their friends, uh, which is something that uh, I'll talk about a PC game that I really liked uh, that did this extremely well, and that's Guild Wars Two. In Guild Wars 2, when you uh, go to the older areas, it levels you down so that you are, so the stuff that you're fighting, you're not like one shot killing. Uh, and I like that they're going to be doing this in Dark Souls because that means that if, you know, one of my friends is playing the game like crazy and we want to play together, even though I only get to play like one day a week, I'm going to be able to hang out with my friend. And that's awesome. Uh, it says it is now easier for friends to be matched with each other. When a guest player's character level and weapon is higher than that of the host player, the level will be adjusted accordingly. So not only is it de-leveling the character, it is also going to level down the equipment that you have. Again, making it so that if I do invite my friend who's playing like crazy all the time and they are super powerful, they're not going to come in and one-shot kill this boss or something where I'm just like, okay, well, that's not really very fun for me. Um, putting in chat says, I think I need new friends. None of my friends like dark souls. I guarantee that there are people in our community that are going to love playing dark souls pudding and, uh, they will play with you. I'm sure. Uh, they said healing items will not be, ab be available during PVP with the exception of Estus flasks. That's like the little healing potion. Uh, to prevent long drawn out battle battles, the number of flasks is halved for phantoms. I don't know what that means, but, uh, that's good. You want, you don't want the fight to go on for 10 minutes or so when you're fighting against another player, the likelihood that somebody will have some lag and time out or something like that, or drop connection, uh, just only increases with the amount of time that you're playing. So, uh, I think that that's good. And um, you want the fights to be over fast, but you don't want them to be over too fast. You don't want somebody to come in, hit you like twice and be done. You don't want like that stun lock experience that a lot of people uh, experience in games like World of Warcraft, where you're in a, a PvP zone and a, a rogue comes up and stun locks you. Basically, you are stunned and can't do anything while they destroy your life uh, and 
by the time that that stun wears off, your health is all gone and you're dead. Uh, that's very, very frustrating. So uh, time to kill is a very, very important metric in PvP games, and hopefully they get that right. Uh, you don't want it to take too long. You don't want it to go too quick. Um, when a player defeats an invading phantom, their SS flask is restored. Okay, cool. Uh, you can turn off global matchmaking. All this multiplayer stuff I had no idea existed. Uh, it says here that uh, players can no longer summon ally phantoms consecutively when in combat with enemy phantoms. Uh, and then finally, in online play, players who are outside the host parameter range, I'm guessing that's like level range, uh, will not be matched with each other. The players can still be matched via password matching. They also have some arena stuff and a few other things that um, that I'm not going to read off. If you want to check out the rest of the stuff about Dark Souls, make sure you check out the link in the show notes. Uh, just reading through that has piqued my curiosity. Um, Dark Souls 3 was incredibly difficult, and I didn't get very far in it. And I'm sure that Dark Souls 1 is no different, but I cannot tell you the number of times where I've started Dark Souls like turn the game on just to play it a little bit, and then it it keeps drawing me back. It's kind of, I I have a an example that I guess I would give is it's kind of like coffee. Uh, for those of you that don't know anything about me, I do not drink coffee because I think it tastes horrible. But I love the smell of coffee. I love it, and every time I smell coffee, I think maybe this time, this might be the time where I'll try coffee and like it. And I'll inv invariably, I try the coffee and I'm like, oh God, that's disgusting. Why would anybody drink that on purpose? And I feel like Dark Souls is the same way. I keep wanting to like Dark Souls because everything about it seems awesome. But then when I play it, I'm like, oh God, this is just too hard. Why do, would anybody want to subject themselves to this? So even though I've said in the past that I'm not going to be picking up Dark Souls, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I've got it. You help us find Donkey Kong, and we'll help you find Herman. A lot of people have been asking for Fortnite to come to the Switch, especially since it is now released on mobile fully. Like, you don't even need an invite anymore. You can download the game from the App Store or the Google Play Store on your iOS or Android device, and you can play mobile on, or mobile, you can play Fortnite on the go if you want. Um, and when I played it, like I've got an iPhone 10 and when I played Fortnite on there, just trying it out, I was like, wow, this is actually really impressive. Like the, the visuals, I couldn't believe how good the game looked. It looked, I, I'm, I'm not going to be hyperbolic and say that it looked as good as it did on PS4 because that's ridiculous, but it looked pretty damn good. It looked really impressive. And when I was playing that, all I could think of was, man, this would be so much better on the Switch than on my phone. If you want to play it portably, then that's what you want to do. You want to have it on the Switch. And um, I think it's Epic Games makes Fortnite. They haven't said anything about Fortnite coming to the Switch. Uh, I would love it if they did. It's not my favorite game. Uh, I'm going to take just a second to talk about my problem with the genre in general. Um, the genre being Battle Royale games. And... Um, Battle Royale games have this issue where it's a whole lot of nothing um, right next to 
a long extended periods of nothing happening followed by a very, very short period of insane craziness happening. So like I'll use Fortnite as an example. You jump out of your plane or the bus or whatever it is that you want to call it. You land on the ground. You're usually all by yourself and you are scrounging, looking for weapons and stuff. And uh, once you get your weapons, then of course the, the, the map area that you're playing in starts to shrink and you need to move toward that area. And they're, they're continually funneling people closer and closer together to increase the rate at which uh, the people run into each other and have to fight each other. And then finally, um, you end up getting killed by somebody that you didn't even notice because they start shooting and you're like, where is the damage coming from? And by the time you turn around, you're dead. Uh, this Fortnite, I feel like, is a game where it would benefit very much, uh, for me, if they extended the time-to-kill ratio. Uh, the time-to-kill in that game is too short. I would really like the time-to-kill ratio to be much, much longer. Um, give people a chance to... Um, how do I want to say this? Give people a chance to come back from getting shot. And yes, I know that there's amazing people out there that 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 do exactly what I'm talking about. But I think that the game needs to be just a little bit more approachable. Now, of course, me giving advice to Epic Games about Fortnite seems ridiculous seeing as how they're almost always the number one game on Twitch. Uh, clearly, they're doing something right. And maybe the game's just not for me. Uh, another Battle Royale game that I've played has been... Um, Darwin Project, and I actually very much prefer Darwin Project to um, Fortnite, and the reason why I prefer Darwin Project to Fortnite is because instead of 100 players, it's 10 players, a much smaller area, uh, the interactions happen much more often, the games are over much faster, uh, and of course they have this cool thing where there's a director, and uh, if it, I'm not going to go into what the director is, if you want to know more about it, check out Darwin Project, that's a game I would love love, love to see come to the Nintendo Switch. Um, but why am I talking about all this? Those are both games that are not on the Nintendo Switch and for all we know may never be. So the reason why I'm talking about this is because there is a game coming to the Nintendo Switch and that is called Crazy Justice. And I didn't realize that this was one of those games. I didn't realize it was a battle royale, but they released a video of some off-TV play where they're just, you know, a video camera looking at the Nintendo Switch while they were playing. And it looks very much like Fortnite. Um, I would say, I mean, it, it looks a little too much like Fortnite, except that they also have some cover mechanics, kind of like in, what's that game? Oh, uh, Gears of War. So Gears of War on the Xbox 360. I'm sure that there's one on the Xbox One as well. Uh, but the Gears of War games, they have that cover mechanic where you run up and then you hide against the cover and then you hit a button and you pop up from behind the cover and you can start shooting that way. And uh, I really, really like the cover mechanic in games, kind of like uh, in the Nathan Drake games, there's a cover mechanic as well. And uh, Crazy Justice looks like a battle royale that um, has the cover mechanic, so that looks pretty cool. Um, I will say that it doesn't look as good as Fortnite, and I, I honestly, after seeing Fortnite run on the um, on my phone, I would say that uh, Crazy Justice has some work to do in order to make their game look better, but at the same time, this is also just a camera 
pointed at a switch. So it might actually look better. Maybe they're not showing off um, that in the best possible way. Uh, they should have used a capture card, I think, maybe. Uh, but maybe they didn't have one. I don't know. I'm sure that I'm sure that there's a reason why that they did it this way. Maybe it was just to show, hey, this is a switch. Um, so Crazy Justice uh, is a battle royale game, and it looks like it's going to be the first one to come to the Switch, unless Epic Games is, uh, you know, uh, hiding that card up their sleeve and just ready to drop that at any time. So the developers behind Runbo, which is this really cool party party platforming game that was on the Wii U, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, they have announced a new game called Double Cross. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch. They say, welcome to the world of Double Cross, a high-flying platformer slash adventure game hybrid coming to Nintendo Switch and PC later this year. Uh, and you're going to be able to check that game out at PAX East, um, which I think is like this weekend. I could be wrong. I think it's this weekend. Um, I watched the video, and if you want to watch the video, just go to the link in the show notes. Um, what, um, runjumpstomp.com slash 167 for the show notes. And once you get there, you can look at the link in the show notes and you get to watch the video. And I felt like uh, it was very, very reminiscent of Bionic Commando in the way that you traverse the game. Uh, reminded me of another game that I played recently on the Nintendo Switch, Flint Hook, where you have like a grappling hook and you just kind of fling it to these points that are around the wall and then you can swing from it. And um, Double Cross looks a lot like that. I really like the art style. Uh, but I think that these guys did a great job on Runbo. And that's got me excited for Double Cross. Speaking of indie developers that uh, I, I am a fan of, Atui, uh, who made Zeo Drifter, They made the Mutant Muds games. Uh, and they also made Chicken Wiggle for the 3DS, which I never played. Uh, they have done their Kickstarter, and they, they their Kickstarter funded. So they are now funded, and they're going to be bringing Chicken Wiggle to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I talked about this an episode or two ago, and I'm, I'm excited about that. That's definitely a game that I'm going to be checking out. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, so a lot of good indie stuff. Now, speaking of indie stuff, since I keep I'm combining these stories because I got a bunch of stories um, at EGX, um, we've we've got uh, that's a European Game Expo, which I believe is in London uh, on the 13th to the 15th, and uh, you're going to be able to check out some Nintendo Switch games at EGX. Nintendo posted this; they said you're going to be able to play Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. West of Loathing, which was that weird stick figure Western game, which um, like turn-based RPG kind of thing going on. Uh, Dead Cells, which is a combination of a roguelike and a Metroidvania. I think they call it a roguevania or something like that. Uh, my uh, A lot of people that I've talked to have, says, have said that Dead Cells was amazing when they played it on PC. So I'm looking forward to playing it on the Switch. Uh, you can also play Lumens Remastered there. Those are the games that are headlining at Nintendo's uh, Nindies zone that they're having at EGX Rest. Now, what else is going to be there? Well, this is actually pretty crazy. They're going to have a game that I honestly thought was dead. Nintendo announced this last year 
at their Nindies, um, whatever roundup, whatever it is that they call it. Uh, and I was very, very acutely watching for this game. And I was, I kept talking about it. I kept asking, when is this game going to come out? And you know what? They just stopped talking about it. They kept delaying and delaying and delaying. And then they hadn't said anything in what it seems like forever. And honestly, I just kind of forgot about the game. Well, I guess you're going to be able to play Pocket Rumble at EGX. So that is really good to hear because Pocket Rumble looks really awesome. It's this weird 2D side scroll, not side scrolling, but uh, two dimensional fighting game, uh, you know, like Street Fighter kind of stuff, except without complicated input controls, you know, it has controls more akin to Super Smash Brothers. And you take that combined with, you know, getting the distance right and the different characters and the way that they they uh, fight. Uh, And it's got a ridiculously cool art style. So I'm really excited that Pocket Rumble might still be a thing because honestly, for me, I just kind of wrote it off. I said, nope, it's probably never coming. Uh, And then speaking of fighting games, there's one other thing that I want to talk about. And I'm going to regret saying this because now I can't remember the name of it. But I watched on Twitter, there was this uh, this post the other day from the developers of Rivals of Aether, and they said that they had a Rivals Direct, and I was like, wait a second, is this coming in Nintendo Switch? And no, I didn't ever get an answer, uh, but it, it really, really looked like they had just taken Nintendo's... Um, style of doing things and stole it for their... Uh, announcement trailer and I watched the trailer it didn't I don't think that I I didn't get to watch the whole trailer because I was busy um, but I didn't think that I saw anything out in there about hey this is coming to Nintendo Switch but it felt like something that was coming to Nintendo Switch just based on the video so if you know if Rivals of Aether is coming to the Nintendo Switch please let me know and for those of you that haven't heard of Rivals of Aether I would say that this is very much an 8-bit, maybe 16-bit style ripoff. And I'm saying ripoff in terms of it's the same kind of game, not saying that it's actually a ripoff. But it's a 16-bit style uh, ripoff of Super Smash Brothers, And it looks really cool. Like, I love the art style. And I've almost pulled the trigger on buying this game multiple times. I think it's on sale on Steam now for like 5 bucks. Uh, So if you're interested in it, you can pick it up. I'm going to wait until it comes to the Switch, especially now that we've got uh, Super Smash Brothers coming this year. Um, But I'm I'm very interested in so many great indie games are coming to the Switch. And I almost wonder if it's uh, if it's if it's going to explode even more. I think that we're going to start getting even more games coming to the Switch. And I should stop talking now and put in like a little sound effect and come back afterwards but I'm on a roll so uh, I'm going to talk about this story that I saw over at Resetera or Reset Era I don't know how to say that that website which is basically what NeoGAF used to be now it's it's this Um, and that is that Nintendo is uh, creating some middleware tools they're calling it the bezel engine and it's for developers to make it easier for developers to develop for the Nintendo Switch And the reason why this is exciting, well, honestly, first off, it's surprising to me because every developer that I've talked to, um, that's a weird sentence to say, but every, every developer that I've talked to about the Nintendo Switch has told me 
that it's really easy to develop for. And every interview that I've seen from a developer talking about the Nintendo Switch, they they all say what a joy it is to develop on the on the platform. It's really really easy to do. So this bezel engine, this middleware is going to make it even easier for third-party developers to bring their game to the Nintendo Switch at a low cost. And I like that. I like that. So I expect us to see more stuff. And does that mean that all of it's going to be awesome? No. But if even some of it's awesome, then yay us. Before I take off today, I just want to take a second and thank Patrick's Games from the UK and FPS Machine from the US uh, iTunes um, for reviewing the show and giving the show five stars on iTunes. If you want to help out uh, the show, all you got to do is head on over to uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes and review the show there. I read every single one. I don't read them on the show, but I will thank those uh, that do do so on the show. So thank you very much. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, please let me know by by uh, one of the ways that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you're looking for ways to support my content, you can do so by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Uh, once you're there, there's a whole bunch of links of ways that you can help out. Uh, one thing that I will say uh, real quick is Twitch Prime is super, super useful. Um, you get you can get if you have a PC to play games on and you also have Amazon Prime, I highly recommend that you link up your Amazon account with your Twitch Prime account because this month they've been giving out like a bunch of games, uh, which is fantastic. They've been giving out a bunch of PC games for you to play for free just for linking those two accounts. And why am I telling you about this? Because a little added bonus if you do that, then you can subscribe to my Twitch channel for free. It doesn't cost you anything if you already have Amazon Prime. You get a bunch of free games. You no longer have to watch commercials when you are at uh, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And even if you don't want to watch anything at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, if you just want the free games, sign up and take advantage of that. And if you so happen to subscribe to my channel in the meantime, that would be awesome too. Uh, so that's one way to help out uh, to support the show. And again, runjumpstomp.com slash thank you for all the other ways. Anyway, I am out of here, guys. Special thanks to Tom Winter and Noteblock for the use of their music on the show. I will see you guys on Thursday. Bye-bye.